All right, Nuggets fans, welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am I'm here. I am not excited to be uh, chatting about what we're going to talk about today. It is a scary situation, obviously, for everybody involved, and um, I was at practice today and asked a lot of questions and got some answers and got some on-record stuff from... Michael Malone and and just everybody about what has gone on with Aaron Gordon over the course of this past couple of days and how he's doing, how he's feeling. Obviously, the injury report comes out. We'll talk about that in the first segments. Uh, We will talk about what was said at practice as well and just everything that kind of goes into that. Um, But I did want to start with that so that everybody can get that information off the top. Uh, We will talk about Aaron Gordon's injury. We will talk about the ramifications of his absence in the lineup, which I am told is at least going to be probably longer than a week. And just what to expect from Denver over the course of that time. I hope everybody's having a good day. Make sure to hit the like button, hit the subscribe button on the Mile High Sports YouTube channel if you can. Uh, Obviously not going to do a ton of self-promotion on on this, uh, given the situation that we are facing right now. Uh, But yeah, liking and subscribing to the YouTube video would be great. All right, let's get into it. Uh, I was at practice today. I talked to Michael Malone. I talked to people in the Nuggets organization, talked to KCP and Peyton Watson. Uh, Just so we are clear, uh, the players did not know about this, uh, at least to our knowledge. Uh, At least that's what they they told us. Uh, Players did not really know what was going on until practice today. They were not told anything uh, until practice. Uh, and were just appraised of the situation at the basically the same time that this press release came out that uh, the Nuggets kind of kept this under wraps. They wanted to do due diligence for Aaron Gordon, keep his privacy well intact and good on them for doing so. Obviously, this is a scary situation and you got to make sure to get things right. So I totally agree with that sentiment. Um, but the press release comes out this morning. I'll re- read it to you here in full. Uh, quote, Nuggets forward Aaron Gordon suffered lacerations to his face and hand resulting from a dog bite on December 25th. Aaron is in good condition and will remain away from the team while he recovers. Uh, Obviously, Sham Sharania subsequently reported that there were 21 stitches and that this was a series of dog bites uh, and that this was a, a pretty serious injuries as opposed to injury. And it is obviously a scary situation. And so we got some information from Michael Malone and from the players as, as much as they were told, as much as they know. Uh, here's a direct quote uh, that I asked uh, to Michael Malone about Aaron Gordon. Quote, he's hanging in there, obviously a very traumatic experience. And the most important thing I told him is that you take as much time as you need Whenever he's able to come back, we will open our arms, embrace him. The Nuggets are treating this like a serious thing. The Nuggets are treating this like a thing that is not uh, just easily come back from. It's not something that you just immediately say, uh, "Hey, we, it's, uh, there's a couple scratches here or there. Like you'll you'll be back on the court." They're they're treating this a little bit more seriously than that, and I think that uh, like look, Aaron shared some own sentiments of his own, that he's doing okay, that he's in high spirits, 
And the Nuggets press release also said the same thing. He's he's in good condition. This is not a thing that I think is going to have serious lasting implications, but it is a traumatic thing. And Malone was very important to harp on that, very important to emphasize that. He also said subsequently on Aaron Gordon's timetable, quote, right now it's open-ended. We're not going to put any pressure on him. We need him to heal inside and out. Going through something like that is not something that is easy to come back from. That's something that you need to heal from the physical, but also you have to heal from the mental of what he just kind of went through. Uh, Dot, dot, dot. I want to support Aaron Gordon and make sure that when he comes back, he's able to play at the level that we know that he's capable of. Until he's able to come back, we have plenty of guys that are able to step up and fill that void. So this was the messaging. This was what was shared. And I think it is important to preface this with saying, look, Denver's always going to keep their guy under wraps. They're always going to make sure to protect him as much as possible. And Denver at this stage, like this is bigger than like a timetable. This is not something that I think any, like nobody's worried about him getting back for Memphis or OKC on Thursday and Friday. Nobody is worried about that. And it's not going to be that. Uh, they are going to take their time and they're going to allow Aaron to heal, heal at his own pace. And it is kind of a, a situation that they're going to try to keep private as private as possible for his own personal safety and protection. And frankly, I don't blame them on this one. It's a little bit different if it was a sprained ankle, a little bit different if it was even like ACL rehab or something like that. I know that that is pretty sensitive for sure, but this is a, I mean, this is something that I know everybody can sympathize with because dogs are man's best friend. Dogs are like, this was a situation where it, it was, it, first of all, it was not Aaron's dog. I, w- I want to make that clear. I know that a lot of people have spe- have speculated about that. I can tell you that it wasn't his, his dog. Um, But it was a situation that nobody could have foreseen. Nobody could have predicted. Nobody could have like prevented. And it was just a freak accident. And for that reason, you take your time with it. You don't like, like, this is not something that you try to rush through. So totally, totally all the sympathy in the world in this. Um, Like I mentioned, the players were told today at practice about this. So they were just as surprised as anybody. Uh, KCP on Aaron Gordon, quote, he just uplifts everyone that's around him. And we've got to do the same for him. The team will come to his defense. They'll make sure to lift him up. He is as much entrenched into Nuggets culture as anybody. Peyton Watson also spoke on this today. Quote, this team means a lot to Aaron. So him missing practice or being away from the team for a long time is something that we take seriously. And I sympathize with that as well. Look, Aaron has been such a great example. He's been a leader. He has been a workman for this team and deserves a ton of the credit. Uh, for the way that this team has come together. I would not be surprised if he is back in a couple weeks. I would not be surprised if it takes maybe even a little bit longer than that. What I will say about it, and I, I won't go into specifics because it's not fair to anybody, and, and we just don't know firmly, but it was described to me as a weeks or week, not months kind of situation. And that folks that are worried about him being out for a long, long time, you, you don't have to worry about that. 
I, I don't I wouldn't stress about that. But what I would just say is that this is a sensitive situation and it's really, really important in this particular situation to keep that in mind. Like, like I said, this is an off the court injury that you just never know how to sort of approach something like this. And reporting on this is also kind of like, like I'm trying to figure out what the best way is to report on something like this. But I, I think the most important thing is just to understand that like this could have happened to anybody and it is such a weird freak thing to just take as much time as you need. And like you said, the team is talking about Michael Malone is talking about mental recovery here. And for Aaron, that's the most important thing. He's uh he's a guy that you want to play with that physicality, with that uh, aggressiveness and zero trepidation. And you let him take as much time as he needs until he gets to that place. Denver does not need Aaron Gordon in December and January. They need him in April and May. And even if they don't get him in April and May, I'm not saying that they won't, but they will stand by him no matter what in in something like this. So I, I firmly support that too. Other notes, other quotes to kind of come out of this thing. Michael Malone actually addressed the Steve Kerr comments really briefly. Uh, I thought that Pat Graham asked a great question, framing Steve Kerr's comments in an interesting way, uh, where, because if you guys remember back on the Christmas game, Steve Kerr was talking about free throws and Nikola Jokic and flopping and why he's there. They're taking defense out of the game and like you just can't reward a guy like that. And Pat did a great job. He framed the question, asking about defense, not mentioning Jokic in any way. Uh, but it was interesting to see, to hear Malone's response. He said, quote, no, I don't agree with anything that was said. And that was all he said. Um, there is a very interesting situation. Um, there is a yeah very interesting situation for Michael Malone to kind of put himself staunchly against a guy like Steve Kerr. Uh, those guys I know have a relationship and I'm sure that uh, Steve knows exactly what he's doing in that, but it is interesting to see him be on the other side of it and how Malone kind of staunchly put himself with Nikola Jokic and on Nikola Jokic's side of things, regardless of what the context was. So even if the context of the question did not mean anything about uh, Nikola Jokic, it was uh, interesting to see Michael Malone take that stance. And last thing for this segment before uh, moving on to like uh, the, the rotation implications Denver put on a special Olympics camp that I'm sure that Aaron Gordon would have loved to be at today. I was thinking about that when thinking about the kids and making kids smile. There's, there's a lot of kids with disabilities and down syndrome and things like that. And the players are just having a ball. They're having a great time. And I was taking videos, trying to put, put together some positive press and it's a, it's a tough situation to think about where, where Aaron was at. So uh, hopefully he has a good special that he has a good recovery here. Uh, but the special Olympics camp that Denver did, they've done it for over 30 years. It was really cool. Make sure to take a look at my Twitter. If you are interested in seeing some of the videos from that, I'm sure that there's some other publicity as well, uh, but was a really good event that the nuggets put on. So credit to them for that. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to chat about what this injury to Aaron Gordon, like how, how it affects the rotation in the short term and what it looks like if Denver goes a couple of different ways. I think they could go a couple of different ways with it. But first, 
everybody this podcast as you know it's brought to you by our good friends over at superbook sports you can win a big football uh, a trip to the biggest football game of the year courtesy of superbook they will fly you and a friend out to las vegas for february's championship game and they'll give you two tickets to that game plus a three-night hotel stay all you have to do is place one $25 same game parlay between now and January 7th, and you're automatically entered to win. That is coming up uh, right around the corner, folks, about two weeks away. So make sure to wager and win a super trip to Las Vegas, courtesy of Superbook Sports. Visit superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. Pickaxe and Roll, Ryan Blackburn. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. If you can, please leave a like, subscribe down below. Would really appreciate all the love and support. All right, let's get to what's going on with the rotation now. Uh, this is kind of the the other side of this from the, the personal side of things. I wanted to make sure to cover that first and foremost at the beginning of this. So if you're just tuning in now, make sure to rewind to the first segment where I, I give you all of the information that I know, or at least, well, uh, yeah, all the information that I know. And we can talk now about what this does for the team. So let us assume that Aaron Gordon is out between five and 10 games. I think that's a good, we'll call it a general guess of what's going to happen. Um, Denver has a couple of different ways that they can approach it. What they did initially when Aaron Gordon was out was they inserted Justin Holiday into that rotation, and it worked out pretty well. Denver did pretty well when Justin Holiday was in the lineup, and there are a lot of reasons to think that they could go back to that, and they would be very happy going back to that for sure. Uh, let me see if I can find that on cleaning the glass so I can share some of these incredible stats that that starting lineup had that featured Justin Holiday in there instead of Aaron Gordon. Um, Justin Holiday, Justin Holiday. Uh, this stat, this lineup with Reggie Jackson, Justin Holiday, KCP, Michael Porter, Nicole Jokic. Basically, you're moving Michael Porter to the four. You're playing Justin Holiday and KCP at the wings. That lineup played 70 possessions together and was a plus 30 net rating. Uh, that's really, really good. That is a really, really strong number. Uh, Denver didn't play that lineup a ton with Jamal Murray out there, but I have to think that it would function in much the same way. Uh, so they could just go back to that, and that would be fine. That would be perfectly reasonable, and I would have zero problem if they did that. There's zero reason. Like That's why you bring on a guy like Justin Holiday. He is the perfect spot starter. He is a guy that you trust. He is a guy that moves the ball. He is a guy that will hit open shots, and he's a guy that will defend. That is a great thing to have. And the good thing about Michael Porter is that he can move to the four pretty seamlessly in a lot of these looks. There are very few power forwards that the Nuggets will face over the course of these next few weeks that will really uh, stress out Michael Porter from a defensive standpoint. Let's look at Denver's next 10 games and look at their schedule. Uh, because a lot of it is at home, a lot of it is uh, kind of under the context that they'll they'll be okay missing Aaron Gordon for this portion of the schedule, even if it makes it a little bit more difficult. 
Uh, Denver will play Memphis, OKC, Charlotte, all at home. Then they play Golden State on the road. Then they play Orlando at home. Detroit, at Utah, New Orleans, Indiana. And then they play at Philly in that 10th game. So we'll, we'll say the next nine games, uh, I think, is a, a better estimation. Of those nine, I think you could pencil in Laurie Markkinen as a guy that Denver could have trouble guarding without AG. You could pencil in uh, Zion Williamson as a guy that Denver could have trouble guarding. And maybe Jaron Jackson if they if they start him at the power forward. Other than that, Denver's going to be okay from a defensive standpoint. And one of the things that when you open up the floor with another wing, like you'll be able to, uh, you'll be able to find ways to score. Like that's just going to be a thing. Murray and Jokic out there, Porter at the four, couple wings, like that's going to be great. So if Denver goes with that lineup with Porter at the four, that's going to be just fine. I, I think they'd have no problem doing that. And they could also start P-Watt. They could also start Peyton Watson instead of Justin Holiday. I don't think that they're going to do that because I just know Michael Malone. I know that he's going to try to get Justin Holiday and there's somebody who he can trust, somebody who the team can trust. And he also may not want to interrupt what Michael Port- or what Peyton Watson has been doing from the bench. He's been playing good basketball. And maybe interrupting that and putting him into the starting lineup puts too much pressure on the 21-year-old. That would not surprise me at all. But I kind of like the lineup. And I kind of like what they could do with it, you know? Some of the great things that Peyton Watson does is he provide another perimeter defender, like what you would get from Justin Holliday. But he also gives Denver this short corner option, this cutting option, this uh, a, a bit more of an approximation of what Aaron Gordon would get from the starting lineup and from the offensive side of things. Peyton Watson, I think, could be a great candidate to step up in this situation and help Denver fill that void. He may not be ready for that. I, d- I don't want to put the cart before the horse here and say, I think he's going to be great. I think he's going to be ready. He would definitely struggle. But if there was a time to put him in there and put the feet to the fire a little bit, it's probably against these next nine teams. It's probably against these next nine uh, situations where Denver's mostly at home. They only go on the road a couple times, and they mostly keep two sub-500 teams in this stretch. And that would be a good benefit for a guy like Peyton. Less pressure at home. You get to work on things. You get to play with Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. Probably be pretty good. And then Denver, like the bench, it would change their bench a little bit if they were able to do that. Maybe they just put Justin Holiday at the four or play Christian Brown, Justin Holiday, Julian Strother, all three wings next to either Zeke Naji or DeAndre Jordan, just don't change that much. Or they could also stagger Michael Porter. And I kind of like that idea too, where you go to a nine-man rotation here and you say, all right, well, we're going to start Peyton Watson. And we're going to play him entirely in that that Aaron Gordon role where he's going to start. He's going to play the first seven or eight minutes of each uh, first and third quarter. We'll see whether he closes or not, but he's going to play about 25 to 30 minutes. And then you stagger Michael Porter with the second unit. You provide them with another score. You provide them with another spacer. And maybe it opens up things for the bench. Maybe there's something to that. I, I, I don't hate that idea, especially with the bench kind of in need of a shakeup right now where they have really struggled a little bit with uh, with the lineup that they've been 
laying out there lately. Reggie Jackson, Julian Strother, Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, Zeke Naji. That group has not been great. And so it wouldn't be a bad idea if they used uh, this opportunity. No, it's not an opportunity. This is a horrible situation. But like if they use this change to experiment with Porter as the backup four, like I would think that that could make some sense. A um, couple questions here. Has Porter ever had success as a stagger? He has. Uh, there have been times where he has been a better stagger option at times than Jamal Murray because it doesn't necessarily change a ton with the bench unit, but it does provide spacing and better spacing and better rebounding for that bench unit uh, than what they've had in the past. Uh, so it wouldn't surprise me if that was... Um, would not surprise me if that was a situation. So I kind of like the idea of... Michael Porter in that situation and Peyton Watson starting and Denver kind of just trying to get another starter with the second unit. It doesn't have to be Murray. Um, I think that Murray will probably end up staggering at some point, especially to take some pressure off of Reggie Jackson, but it wouldn't surprise me if they decide, Hey, we're going to keep Reggie there. We're going to keep Julian there. We're going to keep Christian Brown there. The likely and the best situation might just be Michael Porter. Like it, it might make some sense. So we will see. We will see what ultimately happens there. A uh, couple notes. No Aaron Gordon at the five over the course of the next five to 10 games. That is a safety net of sorts for Michael Malone. When when things are not working with the back of five that Denver has, they can always go to Aaron Gordon. So removing that safety net, that is going to be pretty detrimental. That's going to be pretty tough. It's going to force a lot of tough things. Aaron Gordon, uh, not going to be there for... Michael Malone to just go to. They're going to have to go to Zeke Naji. They're going to have to go to DeAndre Jordan. They're going to have to go to, I don't know, Jay Huff, like if that doesn't work. So I'm, I'm curious to see what they ultimately do. Maybe it's Braxton Key, by the way. He He's a name that I'd watch out for. Uh, but Denver will have some fires to get through at home here with Zeke and with DeAndre. They're going to have to go to both of those guys. Those guys are going to have to be big. And for Zeke, that is going to be that's going to be a thing. He has been struggling so far this year. This has to be a moment where he he makes up for it. Like he's got to be better. Just flat out has to be better. If he is going to be a part of Denver's future, if he's going to be a part of their rotation in the playoffs, this is the time to prove it. Hey, you don't have Aaron Gordon. Michael Porter can't just play the backup five too. Nikola Jokic cannot play 48 minutes. You got to do something, dude. Like you absolutely have to be better. And so I, I think that this is a great, op- that not again, let me rephrase. This is the time for Zeke Naji to prove himself, for him to say to the world, for him to say to the Nuggets, I am good enough to handle this. And we'll find out. We will find out whether he can. Five players who need to step up the most at ranked. One, Peyton Watson. I think that he's going to see the biggest bump in minutes other than maybe Justin Holiday, but I don't see him as like a, like I know what I'm getting from Justin Holiday. but Peyton Watson, one, Justin Holiday two, Zeke Naji three. I think Christian Brown, four, is probably uh, another one here. I think he's going to have to be a little bit more steady, and there could be some times where Christian Brown is the guy to close, where he's going to close some games and close some tough games. So, I am curious to see what that's going to look like. Peyton Watson, Justin Holiday, Zeke Naji, Christian Brown. 
And I'll throw in Michael Porter. He doesn't really have to prove anything to me, but this is an opportunity for him to step up, play that power forward a little bit more full-time, and just look good doing it and give Denver a nice edge as a spacer. We will see whether he can do it. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to chat about the Thursday-Friday back-to-back that Denver is about to play against Memphis and OKC. That should be a fun one. This should be an interesting one. We'll see what happens. But first, good morning, Broncos. I saw the Broncos news. That was interesting. That was interesting to see today too as well. I saw a quote from a, or a, a message from 55555-ish at the very beginning of this show, uh, very beginning of the comment section. Crazy day of sports news in Colorado. Was a crazy day. Was a very, very interesting day. And uh, looks like Russell Wilson will no longer be the quarterback of the Broncos going forward. So curious to see what Cody Rourke has to say about this. And you can catch his next episode of Good Morning Broncos tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. on the Mile High Sports YouTube channel. Make sure to check it out. All right, let's chat about this back-to-back. Denver is going to play Memphis on Thursday. They're going to play OKC on Friday. A home back-to-back, a tough back-to-back against two teams that are playing really, really well. Memphis has won their last four in a row. I'm not sure whether they just won another, uh, but over the course of this time, John Morant has come back to the team. They are 10 and 19. They have won their last four games, including a couple of close ones against the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, Basically identical scores, by the way. 115 to 113 in the first game on the road. 116 to 115 in the next game on the road. Beating a division rival on the road twice? That's crazy. That is a that is a tough situation for him to come back to, and good for him for getting back to that. I don't really have a bunch of sympathy for John Morant, and I don't think I ever will. But it is, uh, it's at least better to see his head beyond straight. Like that is interesting to find out. So it is interesting. Five 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 ish says we need to treat this Memphis team like a four and O team, and not what they were before. Firmly agree. I think that this is going to be an interesting situation. If you remember. Memphis is one of those teams that plays that double big lineup where they will play Jaron Jackson Jr. and Xavier Tillman in the same lineup together. And Jaron Jackson is the roamer off of Aaron Gordon and trying to contest Nikola Jokic at the rim as well as he possibly can. Uh, Xavier Tillman gave Nikola Jokic some problems in that first matchup. So I don't know if he's healthy right now. Let me just check uh, really quickly to see if there's something... I can see here. I, I I don't see it right now, but will be interesting to see what version of Xavier Tillman comes to that party on Thursday, and if uh, if Denver is going to be in an interesting situation. But hey, if you start Michael Porter at the four, then can you really play Jaron Jackson roaming off of him? Good luck. Like you want to keep him attached. That is a that is an interesting situation. Um. But yeah, Memphis is just a good team. They are a good team now. They are a different team now, obviously, with their best player back. Uh, He is playing with Desmond Bain, with Jaron Jackson. Desmond Bain this year, secretly, been really, really good. He is a guy that I know, because John Morant has been out, it's been interesting to kind of monitor his his situation. But 
25 points per game for Desmond Bain, 25 points, five assists, one steal, 46% from th- of the field, 38% from three on nine threes per game. John Morant's come back and he's averaging nearly 29 points and eight assists. So good stuff from him. Jaron Jackson Jr. for a while was not shooting the ball very efficiently. I think he's going to get back to shooting the ball a little bit more efficiently with Jaren, with uh, John Morant creating some shots for him. So that is something to monitor. Oh, and uh, Bismack Biombo is actually the guy that's been starting for them. It's not Xavier Tillman. Is he injured right now? Is that the is that the situation? No, he's not injured. He's just going back to being off the bench. Um, yeah, but he's he's playing good hoops. And Bismack Biombo likely to guard Nikola Jokic on Thursday. That'll be an interesting situation for Denver to have to monitor and have to handle. Um, that'll be a tough game. I, I don't care what anybody says. Like I know that Memphis is going to be an interesting matchup. It will be a tough game, just no matter what. Um, OKC will also be a tough game, but for completely different situations. One that I think, I think Denver is more likely to handle OKC a little bit better than they are Memphis. Just because with OKC, you know exactly what went wrong in the first matchup at home. And Denver was a little bit lax in that game. They made mistakes. They made miscalculations and stuff that they should not have done. There were passes that they threw that they shouldn't have. There were shots that they threw that they threw up that they could not throw up again and should not have done. And then they just weren't ready for the scouting report. You get KCP back and he'll be a better option against Shea Gilgis Alexander. He'll be a better option against Jalen Williams. Will that change a lot? I don't know. Like, OKC is really good, people. Like, they are, they're just a fantastic team. Hard to really argue with the results there. Uh, But let me just go to their numbers. They are third in net rating, third in point differential on cleaning the glass right now. They played tonight. I think they won. Let me just check that to confirm. Um, Yeah, OKC won against New York, and that's not an easy game. It's, it's, uh, that's a tough matchup. So, Good on them for being able to get that done. Uh, but that is going to be a tough one. That's going to be a tough matchup. OKC's really good. They're sixth in offense, sixth in defense. And they showed an ability to kind of bother Jokic just a little bit with the way that they're defending things. But kind of like Memphis, like a lot of what they did with Chet specifically was they used him as the roamer off of Aaron Gordon. And ever, whenever Jokic would try to attack the paint, they would collapse. They would try to make things difficult on the shot. And Chet was making things difficult too. So if Denver can space, if they can give Nikola Jokic the kind of space that they need to operate, that makes the scheme a little bit less easy to collapse. Now, you put Michael Porter at the four, you put, let's say it's uh let's say it's Justin Holiday at the three again. There are still gonna be some matchups that OKC is very comfortable attacking. So I am going to be very curious to see what Denver does, how they handle it. Uh, but I actually kind of see these matchups in a very similar light. I think that Denver will be more ready for OKC this time around, but they will be on the second night of a back-to-back. So if they struggle against Memphis, they play heavy minutes against Memphis, and then have to play against OKC immediately after, that could be pretty tough. Um, And Patrick mentions it here. OKC gets a two-day rest, and the Nuggets are on a back-to-back. Totally. That is a factor that should be factored in. So this will be a tough two-day stretch, even if I think that Denver, like hypothetically, if this was flipped, I think that Denver would go one on one and one, and they would win against OKC, and they would probably struggle against Memphis and lose. 
they're going to struggle against Memphis regardless, I think. I think that that's going to be a tough one. And they could absolutely really struggle with that. And if they do, and if they get it, get slow out of the gates, they could potentially go 0-2 in this stretch. And that is not something that they're hoping to do. But they could also go 2-0. And we'll just have to figure out what happens. Uh, Michael Plant says, Holiday would stretch the floor more than AG in that scenario. Uh, yeah. And so that is why I think that they're going to start him instead of Peyton Watson. I know that Peyton Watson's been shooting really well. I asked him about his three-point shot and what's kind of gone into it lately. It is just about getting comfortable. It's just about reps, and he has a lot of confidence in it, obviously, when you get an opportunity to show that off. It's a little bit different when you're starting. It's just a little bit different. So I think that they will probably go with Justin Holiday. I think they'll probably leave Peyton Watson on the bench, and they will try to go with as many perimeter defenders that can space the floor as they can possibly get. So we will see what they do. I am very curious to see what happens now, uh, but we are going to find out together. Uh, Folks, I think that is going to do it for this episode of Pick Axe and Roll. Uh, I'm sorry to come to you on these circumstances. It's been a while since I've podcasted. I hope everybody had a good Christmas. I did not podcast after the Christmas game. I think that's That was a good idea for me because I got a little bit of space and I think that this is a good show to kind of come back to because everybody needed this information. Everybody needed to know exactly what was going on. So glad I was able to get to the arena and sort of relay that for everybody. Uh, I will be back either Thursday night or Friday morning. My guess is Friday morning in between the two games. uh, We'll give my report on what happened at Memphis or versus Memphis. And then we'll go to OKC after that. So it should be fun. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning into the show. Really appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button down below. That helps us out tremendously. Uh, I will talk to you guys very soon. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.